Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain it what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode 489, coming to you on Monday, June 26th. We're going to talk about the latest in USC football, including the Trojans getting a couple of big uh, commitments, uh, including one today, uh, literally on Monday afternoon as we record this. We're going to talk about that um, and that guy, a wide receiver. So what does that mean? That we're going to talk about all about wide receivers in this episode as well. So uh, get ready to talk about USC wide receivers, have some nostalgia and all of that and so much more. As always, you can follow us on social media. You know where to follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy and uh, Reign of Troy at Facebook as well. Email address Reign of Troy at fanside.com. I'm your host, Mark Castillo, joining with my co-host here in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Elisa Deratula. Hello, everybody. We already have a question in the chat about what your hat represents today. Yeah, this is a... Um, uh, Cigar says, is it a Chicago Bears hat? I can't tell. No, it's the Des Moines... Demonius? Des Moines Demons? Demons of some sort. It's like, you know, minor league baseball. The Iowa Cubs did the, uh, like the Hispanic-themed thing that the the minor league baseball does the des moines demons yes they are uh des moines well what are they currently the iowa cubs oh the iowa cubs okay so the the des moines demons were it looks like a devil yeah yeah they were a they are a now defunct minor league team no it's just a temporary uh thing like once like for one weekend they become like the the demonia the Des Moines Demonias or whatever. I don't, well, I don't know. Wikipedia is telling me that they played at Des Moines. Uh, they played at Holcomb Park from 1925 to 1937 and then well, 1959 Well, there you go. It was a throwback to them, too. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> whatever. Either uh, way. All of this is to say we are live on YouTube. Thanks for joining us here on YouTube. If, if you uh, are in the chat, we see Darlene. We see Kenny. Uh, we see Tim in L.A. Richard's here. Ram Marty's here. Uh, everybody's Alex. here. Uh, Alex is here. A bunch of people here. And um, and if you are listening to us uh, on Apple Podcasts, as always, you can leave us a review um, on on YouTube. Be sure to like the stream and make sure that you're subscribed. Uh, and also, you can become a member because you get members only contents like this week. We're going to do another members only uh, live um, live stream. I think we're figuring out a day to do it later this week, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. And we haven't locked it down completely yet. We're still discussing that over in discord. And if you join and become a member of the rot squad for four ninety nine a month through YouTube, a YouTube member, um, you get to join in that discussion and pick the day that we're going to have an extra bonus episode later this week, uh, which might make up for next week because we're not having an episode next week because it is the 4th of July and who wants to listen to a podcast on July 3rd? I mean, I, I would hope everybody is too busy uh, barbecuing and enjoying some uh, some beautiful weather wherever they are. There was a discussion mm-hmm. in the chat about how beautiful California is right now. Southern California, Los Angeles is just peak, peak weather. You know, I, I went to brunch on Sunday morning and I was sitting, we were sitting outside in at a table and just looking around going like, Oh wow. This, 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 this is lovely. Reminds me a lot of a South Bay summer. Uh, we're in the Valley. So this is, this is nice for the Valley, but, uh, it will <laughs> it's get not, hot. It's not boiling hot yet. Yeah. No. Yes. But, um, this reminds me of a South Bay summer, which I always look forward to. And, uh, this spring, I love this spring, all the, you know, all the June gloom and the, and the, the May gloom or whatever, and all like, the rain. May gray, like I loved it kind of, gotta say, but the the sun is finally, uh, finally here, 
uh, to stay. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about on this episode. But before we do, we need to tell you this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, USC fans, have you signed up for DraftKings yet? Have you signed up, Alicia? I cannot because I live in California. Way to lead in the <laughs> ad here. Uh, the, the point is that if you're a new user and you're not in the state of California, you have users all over the country, all over the world, you can become a new user and you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following these three steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager five bucks on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you still receive the $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code Reign of Troy when you sign up. Reign of Troy, all one word. And the best part is using our code Reign of Troy not only gets you the bonus, but it supports the show and helps us grow the show even further. So if you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code Reign of Troy to maximize your first bets. This offer is available to new customers only who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for all the terms of the offer. And Alicia, you might be in California right now, but the key is it's the summer. People are vacationing, baby. Exactly. Next week, you know, we're not going to have a pod because we're going to let you guys go on vacay, which means you're going to be going to these states that are, you know, legal gambling states like Arizona and Colorado. You go into the river, you know, cross the river and then. Join uh, DraftKings and put in our code. So there you go. Arizona, legal over there. Yes. Yeah. So That's the solution. Everybody who's listening right now, let's road trip. Arizona, DraftKings, (laughs) Randall Troy, let's go. Exactly. Just uh, let's let's all head to Bullhead City. So uh, anyways, a lot to talk about here on this episode. Uh, And uh, let's get to it and uh, start with the, uh, the news, shall we? We got to start with the Trojans picking up a commitment last week uh, from Jason uh, Zandamela. He's a six foot three, two hundred and eighty-five pound inside offensive lineman from Clearwater, Florida, ranked one hundred and twelfth in twenty-four-seven Sports Composites. And this is one that SC beats out Oklahoma and uh, Bill Bedenboe. Uh did not get his man, but SC does. Yes, and we will say this constantly, but when it comes to recruiting the offensive line, uh, USC has maybe not done a great job of of landing sort of national offensive line recruits. I think they've done a good job of identifying some some you know some diamond in the rough kind of talent in in California, but in California, true like elite offensive line talent is is hard to come by. So you have to go elsewhere and. USC maybe hasn't done the best job of, of stacking up like top top 150 kind of guys, top 100 kind of guys. So to get to Zanamella as a, you know, ranked 112th nationally in the 24-7 sports composite, um, number six among uh, inside offensive linemen in this class this is a big get to go into Florida to get him, especially to, to, to beat out um, an Oklahoma program that has recruited offensive line very well, that has a very, very well uh, regarded offensive line coach in Bill Bedenbaugh, we who we are big fans of. Um, but you know, Josh Henson is out here doing work and and really stocking up USC's line uh, for for future success. And the the reality is that USC will not be successful in the sense of championships that the program aspires to unless they are getting uh, elite recruits in the trenches. And uh, yeah. this is this is an absolutely a big big get. For, for yep. USC won't be won't be the highest rated guy in the class, but maybe the most important uh, in the class when it comes to uh, the the overall health of the program and its ability to sustain success. Yeah, a hundred percent. And being able to, we talked about it last week, and we keep feel like we talk about it all the time now. Uh, being able to go across the country and get those guys is pivotal because. With, with linemen, you don't always have those guys in California. I know that, that we talk about that probably too much, uh, that there isn't elite talent. We've talked about before that um, even even Pete Carroll kind of survived by getting offensive linemen who were who mostly in California who were, you know, three and four star guys, but would have to go out of state now and then. 
Uh, and SC is way more willing to go out of state right now than sort of ever before. Um, and that's what you want to do. You want to be able to have a national brand, but still hit at home. And SC still hits at home with their newest commit, uh, the four-star wide receiver, Ryan Pelham, who announced for the Trojans live on YouTube earlier today. Uh, he picked USC over the Oregon Ducks, five foot 11, buck 70 out of Milliken and Long Beach, ranked the 69th um, recruit in the 24-7 sports composite for the 2024 recruiting class. And Alicia, this is a big one because it gives USC the top two wide receivers in the state of California, along with four-star uh, Xavier Jordan out of Sierra Canyon, who ranks 67th. So 67th, 69th, nice. um, which is a nice one. And um, yeah, Ryan Pelham adds to the class. Yeah, absolutely. And like like you said, it's about putting a fence around California, especially at the skill positions where, you know, Southern California might not be uh, competing with with the South uh, or other parts of the country in terms of producing like elite offensive line talent. But Southern California certainly spits out really, really good wide receivers and other skill position talent. So being able to, to lock down Ryan Pelham, um, USC's beaten Oregon a few times now uh, in this, in this recruiting cycle uh, for, for guys, which is always a, a very good sign. And, um, and you know, that's, that's exactly what USC should be doing as a power, um, should have been doing as a power in the PAC 12 should be doing as a power now in the big 10. Um, this is, uh, th- this is a big one. And, uh, and it was very, very cute to see him on, on YouTube with his, with his infant, uh, infant baby. That was, a uh, just a little chubby cheeks and cute. Yeah, as <laughs> I, we've we've seen commitments before with like props of some sort. I remember wasn't there a, a guy who committed to, to Florida holding a little gator at one point? <laughs> yes. Um and here was Ryan Pellin hold, holding uh uh holding his baby up um like like uh like Lion King to um to commit to the Trojans. So, uh big get there and another wide receiver. I said it, was, it this gives USC the top two wide receivers in the state of California. I, I put on Twitter death taxes and USC giving, I mean, getting the top two receivers in California because that feels like a thing. Doesn't it? It feels like a thing. Right? I, when you said it the first time I was like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's yeah. exactly. And then, <laughs> and then I looked into it. Yeah. It is not a thing. Apparently it's apparently. not a thing, not a thing. Uh, so I looked this up uh, and never in a million years would I ever have like guessed this. But the Trojans have not signed the top two California wide receivers in in the 24-7 sports composite, at least, since 2019 and have only done it five times since 2003. Five times. And 2003 is really when we say that, like, the recruiting recruiting world existed because that's when the websites were kind of really, you know, going at that point. Yeah. So five times since 2003. Pete Carroll only did it twice. Kiffin never did it. Sark never did it. Clay Hilton did it three times. Like what? What world is this? It's, it's wild to me that it's like, I, if you had, if you had told me since 2003, guess how many years USC did that? I would have at least said 10 at least. Um, so that's, I, <laughs> but, but this is, this is the thing this list includes a bunch of guys who either transferred or they're guys that you just, didn't think of as having the amazing career, right? Like, like 2019, it's Brew McCoy and Kyle Ford. Well, Brew McCoy, I, you can you can make a technicality that that he, this is not the fifth time that USC has done it in 2019. It's really the fourth because Brew McCoy is listed as an athlete first and foremost. Secondly, signs with SC, gets released from his LOI, then officially, I guess, sort of signs for Texas only to transfer back to SC, but I think realistically he should be counted along with Kyle Ford, but both of those guys transferred away. Uh, 2018, it was Amon Ross St. Brown and Devin Williams. Devin Williams, of course, transfers away to, to Oregon. 2016 is the only time where these two guys both stayed and had highly productive careers. Tyler Vons and Michael Pittman, two guys who I think we're going to talk about in our next second, next segment when we're talking about, the Mount Rotmore of, of USC wide receivers, both of those guys in that discussion. So 2016, uh, 2006, 
10, yeah, you know, 10 years before the time that SC did before David Osbury and Jameer Holland, Jameer Holland ended up transferring. David Osbury was one of those guys who I felt like always could have been like more productive than he was, um, showed flashes, um, but never really was the number one guy or really the number two guy either. Um, and then 2003 was, uh, Steve Smith was the number two. Of course he would be the number two, um, number two, Steve Smith. Uh, and the top wide receiver in 2003, the the greatest recruit of all time, Whitney Lewis. Yes, Whitney Lewis, the uh, noted success USC success story. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I you know I, I remember where I was when I found out that he was transferring. By the way, do you? Yeah. Where were you? I, I was in the chair at Dr. Ullman's office, my <laughs> my orthodontist, and he was like, "So I heard that uh, that." Um, uh, Whitney Lewis is finally transferred. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. yeah. I, I just remember coming into into the USC message board scene. By the time I got onto the USC message board scene, uh, Whitney Lewis was just the poster boy for like the greatest recruit that just absolutely, yeah, just never, until Lendak came did, around. Until Lendak came around, yes. Yeah. Uh, those in, those inside and long running jokes. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it also just goes to show that recruiting is a weird game and you can hit on the top guys and they cannot hit back. Um, and, you know, as somebody in the as Tim in the chat said, like, and, you know, you can have a guy like Drake London who doesn't fit the category, but mm -hmm. is just, a, you know, beyond anything that uh, that the recruiting services would have projected him as so right. um that's just the way things go but what with the data with what you're working with right now as usc goes like yeah you gotta land the top two receivers in in the class if, if they're the guys that you want mm -hmm. uh and in in california so yeah big uh big get i also wanted to add that uh just to, to go back a little bit to the the prior recruit we were talking about jason vandamella uh my favorite uh Favorite little tidbit about him is he's a former rug rugby player. There you go. He's a, a rugby guy. Yeah. That's that's some toughness there that I I like yeah. to. So you can get in the scrum. Get in the scrum, yeah. And be a um, a prop. Remember, oh. use DraftKings at um, <laughs> at uh, count creation. Yes. Um. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's talk about the other new USC news. This one, of course, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Uh, USC is no longer in the top five all time in terms of vacated wins. That's right. Uh, the Trojans now rank number six uh, because LSU got sanctioned by the NCAA last week. Got sanctioned 37 wins. We're, we're wiped away 37 from, from 2012 to 2015 due to playing an ineligible offensive lineman, Vidal Alexander. 37. That's a hell of a lot. I, I think about like I, I feel bad for their for their SID department that has to go through their media guy and put all the notations like SC had to do back in the day. And those notations are the biggest pain in the in the butt when you're trying to do research and and put together. No one can agree how many stuff. wins. It's so it, it's like the draft picks. Thing. It's so yeah, the draft picks thing or, is, or a, is an absolute presidents. mess. <laughs> I hope not so accounting for well I no, guess you're the like guys, oh Biden is 46 but actually he's the 45th but yeah. he's the 46th like what are we doing here yeah do you do it by bodies or do you do it by <laughs> tenures uh, I don't know like yeah. it's weird. yeah uh either way this just goes to show that uh, vacating wins is real dumb and the NCAA remains remains the most just silly unserious uh, organization that's that's out there um, Vandal Alexander played, who was the ineligible offensive lineman, played for LSU from 2012 to 2015. And they're just now getting mm -hmm. around to penalizing LSU for his ineligibility in an era when players are getting paid through name, image, and likeness, in, in an era when players are transferring uh, with free transfers and all that kind of stuff. Like the NCAA is, is negotiating. Uh, infractions from a decade ago. It is absolutely the stupidest thing. Well, and vacating wins is the stupidest punishment. And I just, I think it's all very, very dumb. Can you, can you imagine being busted for uh, having a joint in your pocket 
in 2023 because you had one in your pocket in, in 2015. Yeah, like that would be it was insane. Legal? Like, 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 I don't know when 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 whenever it was made. It, I don't remember when marijuana was made illegal. But you know what I mean? Like, but it's a good point. It, yes, like, that doesn't happen in. <laughs> we we don't have post facto like in, in, at least we shouldn't like like that that's insane, right? Like. Um, but either way, uh, the important part is SC no longer in the top five. This according to uh, vacated wins rankings, which was on Reddit. Uh, of course, a user named an angry panda one who had uh, Alabama flair would post this uh, LSU now top of the list in vacated wins with 37 Ole Miss number two, 33 Alabama is number two. Uh, sorry. Tied with Notre Dame at number three, North Carolina, 16 vacated wins at number five. SC is 14th. Um, the list rounds out all the way down to 13th, which is uh, Georgia Tech has only had one. One one vacated win for, for Georgia Tech. Correct, correct my memory here. Did Penn State have wins vacated and then reapplied? I, I, I can't did, remember. Did they have actually wins vacated? I, I don't can't remember. remember. I know that that was discussed. I... I it just I, it just popped in my head. I, it, it just it also remember. is funny that like Notre Dame outranks USC on this on this front. Um, I just think that's funny. You know, there's my USC flair uh, coming into coming into account. What, but what also are this talking whole about list, in your Notre Dame circles, my Notre Dame, your, your circles, Notre Dame alum circles. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be shocked to hear that. Um, I just think this whole list is dumb. None of these vacated <laughs> wins are meaningful in any in any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim in LA is saying he's pretty sure Penn State had the wins vacated and then NCAA backtracked and gave them gave them the, yeah. the wins back, um, which, which makes, just goes to show how stupid yeah. of a penalty. Like literally, the only people punished by that penalty are people in the media uh, who are trying to put together records. Right. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Anyways, this episode, if you're watching on YouTube. Right above us, it says the best wide receivers, the best receivers. If you're watching on YouTube, the thumbnail said best receiver, question mark, which means this is the episode in which we do our Mount Rotmore of wide receivers. Alicia, I, I, I'm curious how you want to do this because we talked about this a little inside baseball here when we're putting together uh, the rundown. How are we going to discuss Mount, Mount Rotmore? So are they better if we collectively decide one or is it better if we each have one? Maybe we each have one and then decide together one where we have to. But yeah, I was going to say be like poor, a, you know, a marriage exercise. Poor Canola's dose. Sure. <laughs> yeah. A, a marriage exercise. We have to agree on, on a rot more. It could, you never know. It could I mean, be. So, okay. First of all, how, how do you, how do you, this, what, what is your criteria for a Mount Rotmore? Of, of wide receiver. Okay. What, what is, what's your, what's your baseline? Here is my philosophy on Rotmore slash just the Rushmore concept, right? Okay. Mount Rushmore is not a collection of the four greatest presidents. And I don't, I, maybe I could be wrong, but I, I don't know that that was even like necessarily the intention of it. Like these are the greatest presidents. Are you be smirching Teddy right now? Uh, yes, apparently we've, we've I am. We've talked way too much about presidents on this episode, yes. by the way. Um, so to me, a Rushmore differentiates itself from a like top 10 um, list in that you take historical significance into account, mm-hmm. um, which is why my my Rushmore, my Rotmore of, of wide receivers would be very greatly from my like top five USC wide receivers of all time. There's um, only four. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, the, okay, yeah, I got like you, it's I got not you, a yeah. top four. Yeah. I, I mean, we round up to like a top five. Right. Um, so I think the big thing is historical weight comes into play a little bit more. Um, sort of like in that vein, the importance to the program. Um, I, I think that, there's a sense to me that the best way to do a Rushmore is to, is to hit on different generations of, 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 of a thing Mm -hmm. because they're important in their own ways. So it's almost like create four, four blocks that you need to have represented Mm -hmm. and then fill one for each spot would be the way that I personally would 
philosophize about this. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, you, you, these are the, these are the icons. Yeah. Um, and your icons can be the greatest players of all time, but sometimes they, they aren't right. Like, um, a lot of times you might have a favorite and your favorite doesn't necessarily mean the best, right? Yes, like those exactly. are sort of different, um, different superlatives. Right. So I, I think when we talk about receivers, I'm just going to throw some names out here of guys who I think would be in the discussion. So if we're talking older generation, um, I think you can make an argument for someone like um, Gifford. Uh, although Gifford played a bunch of different positions. I never know what the hell you want to call Gifford, Frank Gifford. Is he a wide receiver? Is he a running back? Is he a punter? Uh, is he a quarterback? I don't know. I mean, he was yeah. all of those things. Um, so Gifford is a name that you can throw out there for sure. Um, I think you can put Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan was, we've talked about it before on both on the podcast and, you know, back when we were writing on Renatory.com about the first modern USC wide receiver. Yeah. And when it depends what you mean by modern, because if you mean by modern as in like they wore a, um, a, uh, uh, a, a, a plastic helmet or, or whatever the helmets are made of now, yeah. um, and had a face mask and all those things, then the first modern great receiver is Lynn Swan. But if you talk about modernity as in the game that is being played today, then the first modern receiver is Curtis Conway. And Curtis Conway deserves to be on this list, along with uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Johnny Morton, um, Really, those 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 two, Conway and, and Morton, um, probably M Morton more so now mm -hmm. that I think about it, um, led into to Keyshawn, which led into R.J. Soward, which led into Kareem Kelly, and then led into all of the guys in the Pete Carroll era. Your Dwayne Jarrett's, your well, your Mike Williams, your Dwayne Jarrett's, your Steve Smiths, um, Damian Williams, so on. Um, so I I think that if you're talking about like the bastion idea of like these guys are icons in being trailblazers for USC football, I think you take an old guy and that's Lynn Swan. I think you take one of those early modern guys and that's for me as much as it probably should be more than I think about it. Johnny Morton. I think you also have to go with popularity here. And I think that's Keyshawn. Um, and then I think you include the best of all time. And then I think that is a very interesting debate on who the best of all time is for me. That will always be Mike Williams. And then your fourth guy is who the hell else do you think it could be? Like it, it's, it's a huge argument between Robert Woods, Marquise Lee, Drake London. Uh, you can go back to Conway and Morton. You can throw in like an, you know, Eric Affholter in there is sort of before Johnny Morton and all those guys. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's okay. tough. Okay. I'm going to, I think. Tim I in think, the chat says JJ, John Jackson. I'm, I think, I think that one of the ways to do this is just to put all of our cards on the table and sure. name all of the receivers. And, and, uh, you know, someone in the chat said like, good luck with this. Cause this, I tried to do it in my head and this is really hard. It is really hard. And part of the problem it's really hard is that. Uh, while we're trying to categorize these these um, sort of positions, the modern game has brought its own. You could do a modern Rushmore for, yeah. for USC and and leave guys out, it's especially um, when you look at production. Because yes, like, I was gonna I was gonna do the the top ten USC wide receivers in career receiving yards. Yeah, Marquise Lee, Johnny Morton, Dwayne Jarrett, Kareem Kelly, Juju Smith-Schuster, Steve Smith, Kerry Colbert, Robert Woods, Tyler Vons, and Keyshawn Johnson. Like right. Johnny Morton is the outlier there as somebody who was in the early nineties. Like everybody else is, uh, and, and Keyshawn, I guess, but like everybody else, there's just like the explosion in, in, in this century mm -hmm. of guys who have to be considered to the point where like, it's on, it's, it's ridiculous that Dwayne Jarrett caught 41 touchdown passes for USC 41. And I wouldn't have him on my modern Rushmore. Like that, that's the crazy part. He has the touchdown record. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, and, and and like that seems unfair. But then like, who do you, who? Like, it seems unfair that I think Juju misses, misses out on a lot of these 
um, the, these sort of conversations when you can, when you factor in like the, the, the guys that, that were not even peak of his powers, who is better Juju Pittman or, or, or Drake London. I mean that, and that's, and that's the real question is like, like, I think Drake could have made it really easy for us if he hadn't gotten injured, <laughs> but like Marquise, I think peak of their powers, Drake London's better than those. Other that's guys. what I'm saying. Like, I think Drake London to me is, is, uh, the most dominant wide receiver that I've ever seen play at USC. Um, mm-hmm. The context of his career is 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 a little bit different than some other guys who I think could you could give that title to. But Drake just reached a, a different level. Um, and and like I said, his injury makes it harder on us because if he hadn't gotten injured, like Drake was gonna. <laughs> Gonna set USC records, single season records, and make a run at Marquise's uh, title records, and and on all of those kinds of things. So, um, it's it's wild to to have to consider that you have to go all the way down to 29th to find Lynn Swan in USC's career receiving chart. Yeah, and he's uh, 34th in catches. Yeah, and and in receiving yards, and like, so how do you? differentiate these things and something that uh, Donald in the chat brings up is that Marquise Lee won the Bolitnikoff award. And I think you have to take that into account. Um, I was looking at, uh, you know, for Lynn Swan specifically, I was looking at USC's like um, media guide to sort of look at all Americans and Lynn Swan was a consensus. Like he was considered the best wide receiver in college football in 1973 um, he was consensus all American. Like USC had not had a wide, a, a modern wide receiver with the, that kind the award of claim. Didn't exist then, yeah, yeah. Like I think USC had had tight ends who had 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 national acclaim to that degree, but never a um, something that more closely resembled. Uh, USC actually lists him as a flanker <laughs> in the media guide, which is funny. He's not a wide receiver still because again the position was sort of changing, but. Um, that's the well, same issue you the, have with the tight ends and like Hal Bedsel uh, and like he wasn't a tight end. He was an, an, a right end. And what is that? And, yeah. How do you translate like that, those kinds the, of things? The flanker thing is, is like tailback and halfback. Like it's, it, it's flanker is very clearly just a receiver. Yes. It's a yeah, type exactly. of receiver. But, but it, it's, it's less then, confusing than a, a right end. Yes. But before Lynn Swan, what you had was right ends and left ends and right. ends and, 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 and the guys, end could be a receiver or a tight end or a tight end. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to sort of differentiate those guys. And, and I agree with you, like Gifford is a, is a special case. I, I think I would disqualify Gifford because to me, he more closely resembles if you had to put him in a category, I think you put him in, in like a back, like a, a running back, a, a Sort of a backfield halfback, you know, playmaker. He, you a, know what he is? Gifford belongs on in the, the Adore Jackson Rushmore of. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say he belongs on the like NFL success for the the yes. NF the the Progen yes Mount Rushmore Mount and Rutmore, you put Gifford on there, and that's a whole other thing that I think factors in with Lynn Swan because what Lynn Swan went on to do in the NFL as a receiver in terms of, of sort of Super Bowl success and, and his place in NFL history bolsters his argument for being right. involved in a, in a USC, uh, in, in the conversation to be on, on Mount Rotmore, because again, he was the first biggest uh, success story as far as like a pure wide receiver goes yeah. from USC. And then he also built up the legacy of USC, um, pro success as well, which I, 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 I don't want to lean heavily on necessarily, no, but you I, can't deny the importance of that too for USC as like a football factory. Um, which is why, like, I might argue for like Lynn Swan over Curtis Conway or well, over yeah, John. The more, the more I think about it, I say Curtis Conway, I, I, Curtis Conway was there at the same time as Johnny Morton, but Johnny Morton is like, in terms of talent, I think they're very similar, right? Yeah, Johnny, like Johnny in, Morton's second in on terms USC's. of career. It's definitely Johnny Morton. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, to, to go back to the real Mount Rushmore, there's it's Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt, and so the idea is, yeah, you have the iconic founding father, 
type guys. Um, and then you have a pivotal figure in at that time, someone like, you know, in, in history. And then you have, which would be Lincoln. And then you have like more the modern guy in, in Roosevelt. And I think that when you look at for, for how this discussion goes, I think you, if you, if you have the overall Mount Rotmore of USC wide receivers, I think you have to have an old guy in here. Yeah. And I think it just has to be Swan. And like, yes, I like how many people, how many people our age or younger remember Swan from the catch he had in the Super Bowl against the Cowboys? The answer is none because I'm the only weirdo that would watch the 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 Super Bowl highlight NFL films things at two thirty in the afternoon on ESPN Classic when I was nine years old. So it's just me. But like, I think people think of Lynn Swan now, and the first thing they think of is like you know, the, the Lane Helton, uh, you know, re-signing as a, as a GM and like, as a GM, as an AD. And like, that is, that should have no bearing here as a football player. He belongs on this, this sort of like founding father of the modern wide receiver. I, I like that is, is just declaring Lynn Swan as the founding father of the, of the modern USC wide receiver and put him on the Rushmore. Yeah. Okay. So that's one spot. Then we have to go to I, can we go the, in the, the other three. Can we go in the completely other direction sure. and just – you can disagree with me on this, okay. but I don't think you should and I don't think uh -oh. anyone should. And uh -oh. based on the chat, I think most people would agree as well. Marquise Lee is on this. I, there are, are no way fans or buts. Marquise Lee is on this. That's it. Okay. I, he, he won the Blitnikoff, like you said. He won the Blitnikoff. I don't he, know that he, it's completely he owns fair. the USC records. He, his name is on top of all of the USC record, the major USC receiving records. Um, he had the single greatest performance by a Trojan receiver in a single game. Mm -hmm. um, I just think I just think that there can't you can de you could debate Marquise Lee if you were doing a top five where in the top five he sits. I think you could debate, but Marquise Lee in a in a Rotmore scenario. He's just among the four, and there's there's no debate about that. I think that is fair. I will give you that. I agree. Um, part of that, you know, he was not only he was a Belitnikov winner, but he finished what fourth or fifth in the the Heisman that year. Yeah. Um. So yes, I think we can put him on for that, and that gives him that gives us two spots there. My pushback to Marquise Lee is. At the time, I thought Marquise Lee was like the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I still do. But I think if you compare it, like this isn't a knock on Marquise Lee. I think this is a testament to what the game is like right now. Every time we see a great USC receiver, you're like, Mike Williams. Mike Williams is my favorite USC receiver of all time, right? I'm like, this. what he's doing is never going to be matched. And in a lot of ways, it never will be because he did it as a freshman and a sophomore, but that's beside the point. We'll talk about him in a couple minutes. Dwayne Jarrett came by and said, what? And then broke all his records, right? Um, Robert Woods had an incredible season in 2011, broke the Pac-12 record for catches, did all these things. Marquise Lee comes back the next year, breaks his records. Then you look at it and... Yeah, but that was now 10 years ago. And in 10 right. years, no one has even come close well, Drake, to Marquise. Well, Drake Linden would have smashed the yes, record. Yes, and that's why I say Drake and, would have made it really easy for us and, if he had not gotten injured. But and he did, and we can't... We, we can gatekeep Drake London because he didn't win the Bolitnikov, but it's kind of messed up. But he would have if he had been healthy that season, yes. I, in my opinion. Yes, um, which, by the way, it would have been – what's the fantasy world in which he, he wins the Bolitnikov and not Jordan Addison? Does, <laughs> like – Yeah. How does – is SC still giving Jordan Addison the number three if he's not the Valentinov winner? Like I don't know. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. But but the point is, like, if if Marquise Lee is surely on because he won the Valentinov, I think we can do that because he's the only winner. But if there was two, I don't think you you have. To, I don't think you can put two of them on because you're running out of spots. Mm, that that's fair. But I will say, like, it would have taken. It would have taken Drake London winning the Blitnikoff and having putting in like a seventeen hundred yard season 
I, I mean, like he was on pace for that. Yes, he was, and but but like that's the the, the struggle. Marquis so Lee too. I, like, can, can I can I just share an inside baseball thing here? Mm-hmm. So I literally have a spreadsheet that's this is very bad. I shouldn't admit this. I was making this spreadsheet in the middle of the Arizona game. Um, <laughs> yes, I remember when Drake London got hurt, and so the spreadsheet I put I had put in a all the rankings for catches and yards on a, like a season list and everything. And so that way I could track um, Drake London and like update it every quarter and, you know, be able to like tweet out stats about Drake London and, and stuff. And looking at this. So at, at the time, which I, I don't think anyone passed him in 22 or yeah, certainly no one passed him last year with, with more catches or yards or anything. Um, he was in, in terms of catch rank. He was ninth on the list, tied with Johnny Morton. He played eight games. He 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 would have played what four more games in that season. He was averaging eleven catches per game, so that would have been forty four eighty eight plus forty four is one hundred and thirty two. That would have been fourteen more catches than Mark Easley. So here's my here's where I and Mark Easley played more games. This is why this is very difficult because if we're gonna categorize the four that we're putting in, Lynn Swan, Godfather of the modern USC wide receiver. Yeah. Mark Easley, stat giant. Yeah. Drake London to me, he would have been a stat giant, but he got injured. Yeah, I could still I would still argue and I don't know that I'm going to win this argument because there are other guys that we'd have to factor in here. But like I would still argument I put him on the on the Rushmore regardless of, of the Marquis Lee thing as dominant, just okay, big D dominant. Let's, let's do this. We we Swan fully etched. He's already in the thing. Yeah. Lee fully etched already in the things. Yeah. We've drawn preliminary plans for Drake London. But I think Drake London would be going the category of like peak of his powers best, independent of anything else. And to me, if that's if that's what the category is, he's got three opponents he's got to beat. Yes. Mike Williams, mm-hmm. Keyshawn Johnson, yes, and Robert Woods. Yes. So let's discuss this. Uh Mike Williams, for me, pound for pound, the greatest USC wide receiver of all time. I, I get it. Uh, you know, Keyshawn Johnson has literally talked about a ranking that I did on a podcast. And in the, in the intro music, there's Keyshawn Johnson mentioning me, um, you know, upset that Mike Williams was ranked ahead of him in this ranking. But there's a reason for that. Mike Williams had production that was eerily similar to Keyshawn Johnson. Um, both played two years. Mike Williams, 176 catches, 2579 in terms of yards. Keyshawn Johnson, 168 catches, uh, 2796 in terms of yards. Mike Williams, 30 touchdowns. Keyshawn Johnson, 16. Keyshawn's argument is Mike Williams had had two Heisman winners throwing him passes, and Keyshawn, Keyshawn. Johnson had like Brad Otten and Kyle Waholtz. And like, yeah, I will give him that. But at the same time, Mike Williams was a three-star receiver out of Florida who did this as a true freshman and a true sophomore who never got the luxury of playing as a junior because he tested a rule and didn't get re-eligible, even though the NCAA screwed him and should have allowed him to come back in 2003. Keyshawn Johnson is a JUCO transfer. Not to take anything away from that at all, but he was playing as a junior and a senior and older. Yes, it's his only two years in college football as well, but he wasn't the the raw talent that Mike Williams was. And again, Mike Williams had 30 touchdowns to Keyshawn Johnson, 16. And at the time, those 30 touchdowns like were better than what Johnny Morton did in four years, and he had the career record. So I, like Mike Williams is the guy. Like he's got the 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 greatest catch of all time, the one-hander against Oregon State. You want to know the, my in the in the pour some sugar on me game? You want to know my I think where the tiebreaker really works against Mike Williams? What? The 
titles? Because I, I don't care about titles. Here. No, no. Keyshawn had a long NFL career. He was a pro bowler and Mike Williams flamed out. And well, that works really, really hard against Mike Williams. In terms of star power, yes. Yeah. I, I hear you. I think it would be very, very, if you gave Mike Williams Keyshawn's pro career, it would, it, I don't know that it would even be a question that Mike Williams would be, uh, would be just up there as, as one of the all time like college yes. football greats. Right. I, I think he gets forgotten. And this well, happens it sucks a lot because there's been like eight different Mike Williamses. And I so mean, the the fact have, that his name is the most generic name you could possibly get, short of John Smith. I mean, there's like, a Steve Smith. In this list. I mean, Steve Smiths are also an issue. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of overlooked wide receivers, <laughs> yeah. Right, well, okay. Let, let, let's okay. So we were talking about Mike Williams. I, for me, Can Ma- I, Mike Williams is ahead of Drake London and ahead of Keyshawn. Okay. Those three. Can I just say, like, I think your mileage varies between the two. I sure. I am perfectly fine if you had if you told me one versus one, pick one. Um, I think I I I think you could choose Mike Williams, and I would not argue too much with you. And you could choose Keyshawn Johnson. I think you would be perfectly right as well. I I don't know that there's a right answer well, think, unless you're factoring in the NFL success. Well, I think like, the right answer is Porque no los dos. But we will get to that in a minute. Ah, well, por qué no los dos? Because if you put both of them in, now you're asking me to leave out if one we, of Drake we, London or Robert Woods, and I will not stand for that. Okay. So, so okay. That's por qué. Okay, okay, so this is going to get good then, because I say por qué no los dos because I think Mike Williams absolutely belongs to be in here. And I think Keyshawn Johnson, because of everything he did – and because of the whole aura about him, the star powerness and all that stuff belongs in here as well, which if we're including Swan and Lee on sort of like de facto, like founding father and award winner criteria, then I have no more room for Drake London. Unfortunately, I have no room for Robert Woods. Unfortunately, no room for Steve Smith. No room for the uh, for Juju Smith Schuster, and no room for one of my all time favorites as a kid, RJ Sauer. Yeah. Also, Dwayne Jarrett is suffering from. I the feel same, bad for Dwayne. Dwayne Jarrett He's, suffering from the same problem, Mike Williams. Because if Dwayne Jarrett had had a good NFL career, we would talk about him very differently. Yes, but also like I, I this I don't know how to say this without it looking like a like a knock on Dwayne Jarrett and it's not because Mike Williams was astronomically amazing. The problem with Dwayne Jarrett and Mike Williams is that they played essentially the same role. They were kind of the same player and Mike Williams was twice as good as, as Dwayne Jarrett. And while Dwayne that still Mike Williams was so good that Dwayne Jarrett could be half as good and still dominant. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, I, I, I like, I, I'm. I, I don't I, think. I hate to. I don't want to say not, anything against Dwayne Jarrett. I'm not arguing just, for Dwayne Jarrett on, on the list more here. for the record. I just also right. think that like NFL. And the, of, the fact that Dwayne Jarrett is like your sixth greatest receiver in all time, and he had forty something touchdowns. Yeah, is incredible. Is pretty like, stupid. Like that's the ultimate. Yeah. Like, you know, basking in riches kind of thing that SC has here. Yes. So, okay. So Mike Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, Marquise, I mean, uh, Mike Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, Robert Woods, and, and Drake London, um, Juju and Michael and Michael Pittman. There's six guys. You got to pick two to put in the thing. Who are you putting? Steve Smith, seven guys. You got to pick two. Who, who, are you, who are you putting in? Um, I'm going with, um, I'll go Keyshawn and I will go. As much as it pains me, I'm going to remove Drake London from contention because he is on the hypothetical uh, Rotmore of everything. He, if He's he had Sanchez. been healthy, he would have been. Mark Sanchez doesn't really work there. Not no. quite, but I get I get what you're saying. Like yeah. it's, I think he would have shattered everything, but he didn't. He had one 1,000-yard season, and it was in eight games, and it was amazing, and he would have gone on to amazing things, but he didn't, and so you can't... If this was um, strictly the eye test, uh, yeah. Drake London is on this. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, these kind of things are not strictly the eye test. Yes. So in that sense, I'm going to I'm going to use Robert Woods as a bridge. Okay. So who kicking out? I, Mike Williams or Keyshawn? I've got Keyshawn. And no Mike Williams? Uh, to me, they're interchangeable. I don't I I like it's it's Lynn Swan, Marquise Lee, one of Mike Williams or Keyshawn, whoever you want. And then it's Robert Woods because Robert Woods to me uh, sort of represents the best of like my OG wide receiver love, Steve Smith. He represents um, this sort of statistical uh, I'm getting the wrecking ball. We're taking Lin Swan out. If if you are going to say that that Mike Williams cannot be on here because Robert Woods needs to, well, then I will sacrifice Lin Swan. We'll wrecking ball him out of here because Mike Williams belongs on this damn Mount Rodmore. He does. And okay. I, I get that Lin Swan does. And, and this is the limitations of only having four. But I yeah. will not stand for not having Mike Williams. Okay. So if you want Robert Woods on there, that's fine. I'm not going to argue against this. He was incredible. This this is all <laughs> uh, splitting hairs at this point. But which at that point, okay, then you Keisha, know what? No, no, no. becomes no, 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 the, no, no. the founding no, no, no. father. No, 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 no. He comes, we- he's the old guy. Well, are you going to build a fifth head on this thing? What I will concede. I will concede that the Rotmore is Lynn Swan, Marquise Lee, Mike Williams, and Keyshawn Johnson. If we're getting rid of Lynn Swan, then I'm going to throw the hypothetical greatest ever in there with Drake, Drake London. He- but I think I think it, when you look at pure dominance, Mike Williams and Keyshawn Johnson both had a level of sustained success that um, that I don't think that Robert Woods, Robert right. Woods was is also sort of in a hypothetical mode because he too, he also he he would have had significantly better numbers if he didn't if he wasn't dealing with the injuries that he was dealing with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if these guys would have had a, a senior season, which they stayed, yes. So uh, if, Keyshawn Johnson stayed for his his senior, but season. Keyshawn only had two years. I mean, I, I right. get what you're saying, but also it was still within right. But Johnny Morton had years. had all four years, yeah. and you know. Obviously, he only had you know Rob Johnson for part of that, but yeah, still, Johnny Morton couldn't could really make the argument that if we get rid of Lin Swan, we got to put Johnny Morton so, in as the as uh, the bridge, okay, sort of the bridge player. He, but but I still say I th- I think it's got to I when it when it boils down, I think it has to be Lin Swan, Marquis Lee, Mike Williams, and, and Keyshawn. I, I'm glad you agree. That's, I I, th- that's exactly I think I, I will put. concede that because I th- I think any other constitution of this involves too many as as richard in the chat said it involves focusing too much on what they could have done rather than what they did do so the way i look at it you should have an old guy uh you 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 want like different eras involved right lynn swan is your 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 old player whoever you want to put in there gifford swan uh you can you can throw in um any of the the older J.K. McKay, I don't know. You could throw either yeah. any of any of the the older receivers um, in there, right? Um, Keyshawn is in the era of Johnny Morton, um, so he beats out Johnny Morton. Mike Williams beats out Dwayne Jarrett in the Pete Carroll era, mm-hmm. and Marquise Lee represents the modern, represent, the, the, the contemporary. Rep- yes, represents um, the contemporary guys, yeah. the post Carroll era. Yes. So he beats out Juju and Pittman and, and Drake and Amon Ra and all those guys. Yes. So I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Anyways, let, let us know your thoughts. Your, your Mount Rushmore of USC wide receivers, your Mount Rotmore. Send us your emails, reignoftroyatfanside.com. Uh, everybody in the chat, uh, do you agree with us? Swan, Lee, Williams, Johnson? I know that uh, there's there's been talking here of, who should be what? Um, Tim says, imagine a healthy Drake London. Yeah, that would be crazy. Uh, Richard, you know, said that you got to focus on what people have done and not what they hypothetically could have done. Uh, anyways, let us know your thoughts um, uh, in the emails and the comments and all those things. Uh, but uh, let's wrap this thing up with, uh, with a quick mailbag and then we'll take her home, eh? 
Well, you see, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. You've got mail. All right, let's start with a Discord message, um, which we got two off-the-wall questions uh, from uh, from L.A. Fred. First one, you have to become a home burglar, but you only steal things that will inconvenience or annoy your victim. What are your, what are your top theft items? Mine would be the TV remote controls. <laughs> that's that's the, a really good one. That's the correct answer because that's my biggest annoyance no, on a daily one. basis because my uh, it's a, it's a my spouse doesn't do a good job of putting the remote in a consistent place. So every morning I go out and have to go. Well, we did have a tile it. stuck on it at some point, but it fell off. Yeah. Stopped working. Yeah. Yeah. A tile that was connected to your phone for you to page it, <laughs> which I couldn't oh. do if you were asleep. Yeah. <sighs> That's fine. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a, there's a, I think the answer is probably the remote controls. I I think um, something like, like uh, half of, of every pair of shoes or all the towels, like all the bath towels. So this needs to not be overly mean, I'm guessing. Yeah. So toilet paper, I can't say toilet that, paper. Is that no, too, is that that's, too vile? That's, that is psychotic. That's too vile. Because that's what yeah. my first thought was. Yeah. No, I you steal every, all of someone's toilet paper like that is diabolical. All of all all of the bath towels in the house, I think, is is in the same vein, Ooh, but not towels. as cruel. Good. Yeah. And you're like waddling over to the yeah. to the paper towel rack. Exactly. In the kitchen. Butt ass naked. Yeah. yeah uh, Tim know. says all the spare batteries. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Um, okay. Ellie's Fred's second question with summer here. What are your top, uh, favorite summer fruits and what's on the bottom? Um, okay. Least favorite. Uh, favorite is mangoes, um, which I haven't had yet this year, but I am, I always look forward to mangoes, um, cherries, 
Although I am now traumatized and may never purchase cherries. Because you, you fed ever her dog again. cherries. Yeah. I did not feed her cherries. She mm-hmm. ate the pits and scared the living bejesus out of me. Um, yeah. Well, but I do love like, cherries. There's cyanide in there. Like, there what? is, though. Yeah. Anyways, uh, um, if, if you're watching here on the YouTube, you can, you yeah, can she's, see her behind She's us. She's, uh, you know, sleeping, I swear. She's breathing. <laughs> she's, yeah. Um, no, yeah, mangoes, cherries, um, a good watermelon on a summer day. You can, yeah, can't go wrong. Uh, what's on the bottom? Um, I was just having this debate with my family members because one of my family members tried to claim that apples are the worst fruit, which I think is just... Uh, I I could not agree, but we did get into talking about the problem with fruits. I like most fruits with the exception, like I would put grapefruits at the bottom because it just, they're not, they're like, they're they're not what I'm looking for in a fruit in terms of sweetness. Um, Well, like one of the problems with fruits is that uh, every fruit has a range and the range is very different. So like honeydew melon, best fruit ever when you're in that top. Honeydew sucks. The honeydew melon, when you get a good one, is just like, out of this world cantaloupes out of this world when they're in the but like 75 percent of the honeydew melon or cantaloupes that you eat are mediocre to bad do you ever say honeydew or do you always say honeydew melon i do say honeydew melon every time like the full government name honeydew melon okay yeah um so like that's a problem i was having like strawberries elite strawberries elite but, Never had a bad strawberry. But there are strawberries. They're just like, okay, this is really tart. This isn't doing it for me. Those like, are still good. Disappointing. Strawberries are like pizza. There's not yeah. there's not a bad version. I like most fruits is, is what the, the summation of this is. But uh, Top one for me, strawberries, for sure. Um, even though I, it's not really a summer fruit. It's more of a spring fr- fruit. Uh, summer fruit. Let's, In the modern let's, world, all fruit is, <laughs> is year-round. Let, let's, let's, let's go with watermelon or a good cantaloupe. Cantaloupe, very volatile. Okay. Um, worst fruits. Um, I am going to say pineapple. Oh, well, that's a wrong answer. Uh, I love pineapple. Horrible. Horrible. Um, honeydew, also absolutely vile. Uh, next question comes from Kenny. Uh, do you think the Pac-12 has a media deal by Pac-12 Media Day in three and a half weeks? That, I swear every week for the last like four weeks, there's been a report from somebody saying it's soon, it's soon, it's soon. I, uh, yes, I do think they will have one in place by media day. Uh, they have to, they right? have to, but will it be a good one? No. Yeah. It's, it's almost a weird deadline because yeah. What, what does get up there and say if they don't, yeah, if they like, don't have it, like, jeez. Absolutely. Yikes. Uh, next question comes from Cameron with the new uh, football facility being built. What are they going to do with the Trojan sword statue that you walked by Howard Jones field? But that's a good question. Uh, wait a minute. I didn't even think about it. Not only that, but the walk, the whole walk with all the, with all the tiles mm-hmm. like that, with the all American plaques. Yeah. The all American plaques. Yeah. That whole thing was designed because it was the, how the players walk. They probably moved that. Yeah, they probably move them. Um, they probably take the plaques down and move and move them because uh, they the way, have to move them. The, yeah, the, the way that the they might keep it, maybe. I I mean, I think they have to move them because the yeah they probably have to move them. The only thing is that in the way the thing was written, it made it sound like there was not going to be a walkout area. There was just because the the the. Like in terms, at least not like a long tunnel like that. Sure, there might be of some sort that could work, and there might still be a place to put them. But yeah, I think it would make sense to move it. And the and the sword, I think it would make sense to yeah have that out there, right along the edge of the facility as you get onto the field. Yeah, you got to move it. It's, that's sweet. I I'm wondering what what happens to the McKay Center. Does that just I don't know. I don't know what happens. Uh, Sean from beautiful Austin, Texas says, will there be a rot league when NCAA 24 drops out next year? Yes, absolutely. Heck yes. hundred uh, percent. And Alex says, what is SC's record for 2023? I don't know. We're going to have to discuss that in our previews coming up uh, in August. My, my preview of that record without uh, really digging into the schedule. I'll just go 11 and one. 
I'm 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 torn. I'm I'm also a big believer in record doesn't matter in side test, mm-hmm. which I know doesn't. That's not how the national championship is determined. But um, in terms of how good this team is, it will not be the record. It will be the eye test for how we ultimately yeah. do that. And if you disagree, remember that 11 and two USC in 2017 had fans on Twitter asking for their coach to be fired. Yeah. Uh, so don't say it's not about the record. Um, it because it, it, it isn't. Or it is about the record because it isn't. Um, anyways, uh, Tim and Ali says uh, pineapple is the worst question mark. Be right back. Gotta unsubscribe. So this is my call for <laughs> only you. Only half. You only need to half unsubscribe because I the, his his opinions on this don't reflect the uh, whole, full panel no, 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 of, no, no. of hosts. We, we've lost him. It rounds up. That's a whole unsubscribe, which means that if you are listening to this right now, you need to make up for Tim Tim unsubscribing by subscribing <laughs> to the show for us right here on YouTube. If you are watching us. Uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button as well, especially the like button locks you in for this episode. The subscribe button locks you in forever, baby. And then you can go over to the, uh, the membership um, join button, hit that join for four 99 a month. You get bonus content. Like we're going to have later this week, the members only live show, uh, which you won't want to miss, especially since we're taking next week off for the holidays. So um, join us for that. in the members only side of things uh until then we will be back on july 10th as we start to look forward to the new season so uh we're looking forward to that um and uh yeah leave us your reviews on apple Podcasts as well a big shout out to fade cunningham who gave us five stars by the way um thank you we appreciate it you guys can go uh listen and give us a review over there on apple Podcasts as well so uh until next time we will see you and um yeah have a good Fourth of July, and um, for all of our members, we'll see you later this week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.